the Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Pretty sure the first time in like 260 something episodes, you said game. Did you say game design first, or you switched them? You switched Did I? Them. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what's something different about you tonight, Trevor. Have you been replaced by a client? That just wasn't maybe right, I'm right. maybe I'm thinking about something else that's going on right mm, now. Mm. There's a lot of things going on in the in the world. There's a lot going on in the world, but we're here every week. We are the comfortable game design podcast uh, here regularly, coming up with game design. So, shall we jump into those game designs, Trevor? Yes, with a little game called Ramped Up Click Pitch. Mm-hmm. So, for those who have not listened before, this is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three to one click, we are each going to get an adjective and a noun. We're going to tell you and each other what those words are, and then we're going to turn that into a fantabulous game design. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I think let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Okay. Waking hypothesis. Vicious, talented. Vicious, talented, waking hypothesis. Uh, just a side note here, I hear the rain starting, so if my internet cuts out, <laughs> it's because of that. I was, I've already been hearing the thunder, so... Uh, waking <laughs> hypothesis, well vicious, talented. So, uh, this is this some scientist... And they have a hypothesis about sleep. Like, they've got some sort of sleep, uh, something they think that some people are doing in their sleep or some cool experiment about sleep. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of like the idea of this is actually about violent or vicious people who mm. they're now doing a sleep study on to, to basically see, is it something to do with their sleep patterns that actually is causing them to, to become hyper-violent during the waking hours. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. So, is this is are we doing a sort of dream-like thing? Are we like hopping through people's subconscious as we play I this think, game? I think this could be sort of based maybe in the world of, you know, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where okay. there is that sort of idea of being able to get into people's minds. Mm-hmm. But you're a technician, so it's more around you're monitoring people and, and trying to determine certain certain parts. And when someone mm. when one of your patients gets in trouble, you have to actually inject yourself into the okay. into the dream. Okay, that's interesting. So you're starting you're sort of working at like a console or something and you've got screens with, you know, EKGs and uh you know, like vital signs and stuff and maybe Maybe a little image or something like of what that person's dreaming or like something that's going on or, or some sort of hotspot thing of like how many violent thoughts they've had on their brain or different yeah. things. And you have alarms that go off and that means you have to like plug in. I'm almost picturing an old school. Maybe maybe drop the voltage a little bit, you know. Just- well, I'm almost picturing an old school. Um, uh, what's the phone connection board with the big big chunky plugs that you're like plugging in yeah and so you know you you plug in like that to that that particular uh patient and and then you know you pull down your headset or whatever and you're you're in their brain and now it's figuring out where their violent thoughts are coming from and and quelling them in some way yeah. Does it just become a beat em up at that point? It's just like, <laughs> you just have to like shoot, you just have to shoot the, the violent thoughts. 
Um, I kind of like the idea that this is based in a prison or something like that. So mm. you're sort of locked in. Um, and if you, if you need to go out for any, any reason, you've got to actually knock on the door and get the guard's attention to come over and they, they have to escort you somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm picturing that at one point you have to actually leave the room to, for a phone call or something like that. And when you come back, like all the alarms are, are going off. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this person's basically on the verge of, you know, dying, so you've got to get in inside their dream to try and relax so, and so calm what's the them. the kind of overall thing? I do like- So, we've got this doctor, they're, uh, they're wanting to work with- with violent criminals, essentially, to yes. figure out if something in their dreams is causing them to be violent. Hmm. They, they, this doctor's made a deal with this prison, managed to get in there. There's, like, I don't know, ten prisoners who have been forcefully volunteered- <laughs> <laughs> that this is where they sleep. They hook themselves up to your machines and you monitor them and, and jump in and try to figure this out. So, but yes, there, there is danger to it. If you don't get to them in time because of, I don't know, the drugs you give them as they go to sleep or the way that they're hooked up, like it'll create a violent, uh, subconscious cascade that will liquefy their brain or whatever if you don't actually get in there and, and get rid of the, the violent thoughts or, or whatever's mm. causing the violent thoughts. So, so then in the dreams, it, it, is this, is this more of a narrative thing? Like, are we kind of almost, uh, or in like a, again, as we go to a lot, are like papers, please, where you've just got, you know, some of them are just wrote. Some of them are just like, whether they're procedurally generated or just um, very straightforward. It's like, oh, this is like daddy issues. So we, you know, slice out those memories or something like whatever the gameplay is. <laughs> slice out the cancerous daddy. Yes. Yeah. That's- <laughs> um, or it's just like going through these memories and whether they're fully like- scripted or voiced or whatever, or they're just almost, um, you just see static images, just kind of that seeing, yeah, static inter- images or, or just quick little loops of interactions that maybe don't have sound, but you could even have, um, they're tinted with different colors for like the emotions and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm picturing this as a VR game, particularly with the like plugging in and pulling the headset down and stuff like because then it sort of makes sense that within the dream as well, you're in there in VR. And, and I kind of, I wonder if you've got some gameplay around literally like carving out, like you've got like a beam that you can like slice out these sections of memory <laughs> or something um, that, are you know, you just, you give them like a nice red tinge around certain areas and you just, you're trying to get to as close to it as you can to just, uh, yeah, like you said, essentially cut out that cancerous memory that's, that's causing these violent thoughts. Yep. And then I, I can sort of see that if you cut out the wrong thoughts that you could actually change their their psyche for the mm. to be worse like well and I think I think again you cut the- out a core memory that <laughs> you know <laughs> well that's it you could have something like that where some memories are more important and so if you've got this violent memory or this traumatic memory that is uh connected to a very important memory like you have to be really careful. If you fuck that up, then you might kill the patient. Um, mm. Other ones might be less important. And you can ha- we can have, again, some, like, sort of whether they're procedurally generated or just we've got a huge mass of, of them to pull from for just regular everyday memories. It's like, oh, there's a memory of them, you know, eating a burger or whatever. <laughs> it's like, whatever. <laughs> if we cut out half that memory, yeah, no big deal. Um, but 
then, you know, you have the narrative thread running through where, oh, some, like, this particular criminal, it's like there's some hardcore shit going on and you really dig into that across multiple nights and find out more about the their particular past and their particular trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, you have some, some elements where it changes up a bit. You get a phone call. You know, it's the lawyer from one of the the prisoners in the study who's like, super upset and you know you try to talk them down and then you come back and somehow the traumatic memory because they're all connected the traumatic memories from that prisoner have like infected all the others <laughs> right like you have some it's upgraded as it, as it were <laughs> they've yeah. upgraded to to like core memories and it's like oh crap we've just changed this this guard psyche because the guard you know, he decided to sit in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You had to go. The guard just happened to put it on, decided to put it on, see what this is all about. And that just like, he didn't have the proper precautions. Um, oh. Yeah. That's cool. I could see that uh, having a nice little, you know, I don't know, five to six hour kind of narrative going on. I don't know why, but I'm, I'm seeing this as more of a, a 2D sort of mm. piece. Like- some good quality hand drawn animation. What sort of style? For for external, probably more like watercolor, you know, sort of almost washed out and for within the mm. dreams, you can you can then play around with um with you know, styles different, and like, stuff. Cartoony graphics and then pixelated graphics and then you know, and then try like really abstract kind of yeah. painterly um Styles, yeah, that could be interesting. Having the different styles for sure, that brings in some some visual differences. You never quite know what you're going to get the first time you go into a into a mind. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, all right. Shall we? Shall we click again? I think we should. Inclusive, defeated, convinced, undergraduate. Hmm. So <laughs> this character has been defeated, but he's inclusive <laughs> in his defeat. <laughs> Well, is this like a debate team or something? Because I've got convinced something. Some Undergrad sort of, yeah. says, you know, some sort of some sort of schooling. Some sort of schooling. I mean, I never did any debate. I don't even know if our school had any sort of debate. Is that even done here? Maybe in the in the private schools. Um, well, maybe. But I don't, I've never seen a public school with a debate club. But the general gist, obviously, of just uh, convincing, making convincing arguments. I know that in general debate has sort of specific rules and techniques and stuff, but, uh, now how we turn that into a game, I don't know, cause word <laughs> specific word play and convincing arguments is not, uh, particularly easy to, to make into gameplay, but we could go narrative with it. Narrative on maybe this is the story of how this debate team lost for the first time. Okay. Yeah. I like the idea of, yeah, focusing on the team. We can have obviously some very, uh, defined characters then with the other players, the other, with your teammates. Uh, we may, or maybe we don't even have a, maybe we don't even have a main protagonist. It's just the team as a whole. Yeah. The reason why they wanted to lose. Mm-hmm. And it, and I think it comes down to that they believe so wholeheartedly in the opposite of what they were asked to debate in that they sabotage themselves to. Because they just, because they just couldn't bring themselves to, to argue the opposite side. Well, not necessarily they couldn't bring themselves, but every every argument they, they went with, you know, was like the worst argument that they could possibly go with. Is this bet- so is, is that because-, because the topic was specifically hard to argue though, or was it their own kind of biases? 
I think there's one or two people who convinced everyone else that they have to they have to go down this path. Right. You know, it's better it's off. Like, you know, we have to argue for it so that we can argue against it more effectively. <laughs> <laughs> but then there are no now, against arguments. We d- we don't have to say exactly what this is, mm. but um, I know I, I see it as something that really shouldn't be in a in a high school debate <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, look, we're focusing less on what the actual topic is, although it may be worth, you know, deciding what it is to for if it's key to the story. But uh, I, I kind of like this as a high school drama, uh, essentially. And maybe you follow each of these, I guess, like four or five. I don't know how many is usually on, on a debate team. Uh, teenagers through parts of their life, right? And mm-hmm. sort of maybe intersperse that with the debates that they're doing. Um, and, you know, there's then the opportunity for some clever writing to, uh, have the debate topics sort of relate to their, relate to their lives, relate to their experiences as you play through it. Uh, and to the point of, you know, oh yeah, like, they are whether whether it's like oh they're an LGBT student so uh, but they're having to somehow argue something that would that is not but like that is hurtful to the LGBT LGBT community or something. Uh, I, I, again, I don't know what sort of things they put into debate. Um, <laughs> probably stay away from that sort of thing. But maybe this school's just trying to be cutting edge and 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 edgy on their debate topics. Um, <laughs> but ha- but then understanding that having to argue you know, for a particular thing is, is tearing them up inside, but they're still doing it because they do it for the team. Um, and then maybe, but then maybe culminating on a topic that like all of them can't bring themselves or like, you know, can't argue that that side of it. And it comes to a head with a big, you know, I don't know, they walk out or something or they, they just refuse to, they argue, they just argue the opposite side or whatever, like, Making it look like they're arguing <laughs> against it and then coming around and saying, and this is why we should be for it or whatever. <laughs> and fuck In my you, mind. Mr. Franklin, for setting these debate topics. <laughs> In my mind, I saw it as there's like, in the two debate teams, you've got each one de- debating for the side that they don't want to debate for. Right. So it's actually like, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, and the Republicans have to say, you know, the Republican leading I mean, people have to, probably, have to say why. That's probably a good technique the to have high school <laughs> students learn some critical thinking uh, <laughs> and, and take other perspectives into account. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. Like, and then I'm sort of seeing it as, I don't know, almost a life is strange kind of deal. In, you know, that sort of third person, uh, adventure dialogue driven. Um, kind of game. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right, let's keep going. Let's see if we can get a spicy one, because I feel like these have been a little subdued up until this point. Accompanying like. Hooked menu. Because I was already going in somewhere in this direction with some sort of ship or pirate-based restaurant mm-hmm. with hooked, right? But with lake, I mean, usually you wouldn't have a pirate on a lake, but that could be part of the charm. <laughs> It's an inlet. <laughs> uh, and then accompanying works for food because you just, you've got your, you know, your sides and stuff. That you, that you accompany it with beer. Is this a, <laughs> is this a VR cooking? Lake to table. Sim, lake to table. <laughs> exactly. 
I, I really like the idea of physically you've got your hook on your hand, but you cast it out into the lake and it's got a line on it. Okay. And that's how yep. you like, and then you can like hit the button to like reel it in. You can get some fish there. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can have other attachments on, like you can switch out your attachments on your missing hand uh, for the different prep, prep things you have to do. So it's a bit of, uh, you know, Cooking mama cooks have delicious sort of thing of yep. use the right tool, all right, chop it up, but it's in VR, so you've got the, the physicality of it all. And I think the good thing is because we are talking about a, a menu and talking about a, a, a restaurant that accompanies this, mm-hmm. this fishing game. Yes. We can, we can then get rid of all the, all the comparisons that people are going to make to disturbed bash. Bass fishing. Um, yeah. Which is no, it's very different. Very different game. There's, very, no, very different. there's no tie into to any bands at all, actually. No. Unless we can think of some pirate-themed bands that would really jump on this. Maybe we can sell it to them. No. Mm. No, no. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, I like that mix of fishing game and cooking game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you essentially turn around. You've got the lake behind you. You can catch new stuff. Uh, and, and then turn back around to actually serve <laughs> it's, people. It's like straight onto grill and then you, <laughs> you fillet them while they're, while they're cooking. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Like maybe you've, maybe you've got, you know, if you get the, uh, the pull, like the, the, if you pull your fish in perfectly, then it'll land directly on the grill. Otherwise it'll, otherwise you've got an extra step. Like you've essentially saved. You've still got to clean the fish. It's saving just. steps by, um, by doing the moves, you know, more accurately. And if you get really, really good, you can actually, as it's coming across your head, you can slice it open <laughs> and all the slop just happens to land in the bucket as the fish lands on the- I do like, I do like giving those sorts of little shortcuts for good technique, mm. particularly in VR, where again, mm. you've, you've sort of got that element of control that it, it could take a bit of skill to like reel it in correctly and have it, you know, that, that as, as it comes in, that it's all about that meter, wrist you, flick. You can flick it. Yeah. You kind of flick it into position for where it's going to end up. Um, and then you can hit the focus button and that pu- allows you to pull out the knife and very, very, um, what's it called? Uh, super hot. Oh, you know, yeah. As you move, it's like, I do like the idea of using the super hot mechanic of things only moving when you move. But sparingly, like only in those yes. moments, essentially bringing it in as your focus. So it's not just slow mo. It's literally, you know, it's and literally it coming y- your <laughs> movement doing it. Well, and because then that gives you the opportunity to to view your full speed playback, which I always enjoy. <laughs> Super fish. <laughs> uh, so on the restaurant side, then I like the idea of, you know, you look out there, you've got your tables, you see people coming in, sitting down. Maybe you've even got some waiters going around rather than them just walking up to the counter, which I feel like is a bit boring. Uh, and, and so many of the other games do where you've got time limits on cooking. Um, and you get the orders that come up, like the waiter brings over the, the slip, and you've got the slip that you're working from. You've got your different, I don't know, seasonings and ways to cook it. But of course, if you if you're going from lake lake to grill, mm. and then from grill to table, you can only put out the fish that you catch. So if someone orders the golden bass, like, and you don't happen to to get one, or mm. it falls off the hook, and it's like, oh damn, like, well, I'm, I wonder it's going to be another have, twenty minutes. I wonder if you do it that you have. So for one, you could do it. You've got certain baits. That will catch you certain fish, so based on mm-hmm. the order, or certain areas that you fish in, or something, you're more likely to get one. Like if you cast over to the calmer side of the lake or something, like that's where you're gonna get your whatever your smaller 
trout. I don't know. I don't know fish. Um, can you overfish? That's my question. Well, I guess the other thing is, can you fish without an order? Like, can you just fish and and just stock up for a bit and then focus on the restaurant side of things to like serve? Yeah, them? but you got to do a different wrist flick. Otherwise, you don't want it landing on the grill. You got to land it in the bucket. Yeah, and that's a different wrist flick. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, and then I think you definitely have a special event where a kraken comes out of the lake and grabs your boat <laughs> and you're just you're chopping off tentacles, throwing them on the grill, and you have a special on calamari uh, <laughs> that day. <laughs> I like those sort of special events at least. You know. Oh, talking about special events, I think there's theme nights for, for mm. the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, pirate theme is a big one. I mean, but, I think that's the default. Yeah. Um, everyone knows the pirates love disco. Yes. Very well known, so, in fact. the pirate disco is actually, like, that's the big night of the week. And then, do you, and the then for your casting, do you have to do, like, da, 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 staying alive, or whatever, Saturday Night Fever, or I don't know. Yeah, that, that's 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 um, letting letting all the um, reel out. And then you, then you cast. For those at home, I was doing the like disco, you know, down to your waist up to the air sort of move, but casting a fit, casting a line. It's less, less funny when I explain it, but yes, yeah. one, one day we'll do this as a video and one day like, we'll put out video and, and well, then even then, if you're listening in your podcast app, you'll be lost. But anyway, maybe we'll, maybe we'll go all to video. And if you, if you miss it in the live feed, then you just have to catch it in, in, in video form. Yes, when we get syndicated onto in syndication, yeah. <laughs> but we have to we have to storm channel. We have to do it live it again because <laughs> we don't we don't actually record this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we just redo the episode. <laughs> we redo the episode from memory. From memory, same words. I mean, we do. We already do second plant check. Second plants. Second chance. Click bitch. Uh, yeah. To redo stuff, so we just come up with new stuff every time. That's the benefit of. Improvised game design. All right, are we um, done with that one? I like that one. I, I like that one too. It was it was good. But let's move on. Imaginative mist. Fourth blood. Fourth blood. Mm. Mm. Why are we getting blood from the fourth one? Uh, they just got lucky. And why is this mist make me so imaginative? Well, I mean, blood makes me th- blood and mist make me think vampires, but. I feel like that's see imaginative a mist out. made me think of the movie The Mist, but instead of the mist containing horrible monsters, <laughs> it contains imaginative characters or, or characters from your imagination. Creatures. Oh, so you go out into the mist and whatever you imagine comes true. Why like you yes. start seeing the things you're imagining? Yes. Okay, that's kind of interesting. So this mist comes down on this town. Kids start like at first. A kid runs out. Into the mist. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Where do they go? And then they come back with, like, a giant walking elephant wearing a tutu. That's that's oh my serving God. fairy floss. Like-, <laughs> like, oh, okay. This is, like, some sort of magical thing. And then two more kids go out. We get two more, you know, whimsical, amazing things. And the fourth kid goes out and just comes back covered in blood. Yes. <laughs> and you're trying to figure out, is, it, is that what they imagined? Has this kid got some trauma in their past? Or are they just like, did the mist do something to them? Something in the mist? Did they kill the thing that they imagined? <laughs> What's Batman doing in the corner? You know, like, they're, they're, all, they're all real 
questions that we need to get answered. I mean, I know what Batman's doing. I don't know why he brought up Batman, but I know what he's doing in the corner. He did a walk away and couldn't find anything well, to hide behind. He did a, like, someone turned away. He tried to do his disappearing trick. I mean, the mist was right there, but he couldn't make it on time. So, he's just standing in the corner hoping no one sees him. Yeah. Um, and is he imagine- Is he from one of the kids' imaginations or is he actually real? Like, I mean, This is a true setting, Gotham. <laughs> it's a Batman game. <laughs> he's trying to figure out what's happening. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a, a, a um, scarecrow mist, you know, scarecrow works with gases and stuff. Okay. You are it's a Joe surprise Blow? Batman game. <laughs> surprise Batman game. It <laughs> doesn't start off with that, but eventually <laughs> you go through this whole story and finally Batman comes with his bat fan and blows the mist away. It's like a fucking scarecrow. He's done it again. Sorry, folks. He'll get you. <laughs> He'll get you. He'll get you. He's a tricky one, that scarecrow. He'll get you. <laughs> he got you lot. You didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> I was going to say, like, y- your character could literally, his name could be Bruce Wayne. Right. But, no relation. But it turns out that, like, you always imagined you- yourself being Batman. Right. But then you imagine as another Batman into being. And it's like, well, why couldn't my imagination be that like, I'm make Batman? make me Batman. It's like, well, no, sorry. The, ma- the mist doesn't work that way. We can only manifest new things. We can't change you. <laughs> There's an You're already a loser. Like a, didn't you read the terms and conditions of the mist? You all clicked. You all just clicked. Okay. I read it, but you didn't read it. Disappointed in you. This is Batman saying this. Yes. The the third imaginative Batman. Um, it's actually like throughout throughout the game you get like a sixties Batman, then you get like a yeah, uh, Michael You get the Batgirl, you Michael get, Keaton, you get yeah. You get the future Batman. Whatever. Isn't there's definitely future Batman. Yeah. There's future Batman. There's like medieval night Batman, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like Noir I feel Batman. Like DC doesn't have quite as interesting a multiverse as Marvel. No. Not quite. They they really just have their their main set of heroes and they keep on going back to the well and doing thirteen thousand Batmans and every single one of them dark. Yeah. And Aquaman lives in that well now. Because mm. he just he keeps hoping they'll pull him out of the well. And no one, no one does. No. no, it is dark in that well, though. You're right. Okay, three, two, one, click. <laughs> nope, I'm not doing religious coloured suitable bundle. Delicate click. What delicate click? C L I Q U. Oh, a delicate click. Delicate click. Hmm. Is this uh? This might hue too close to to think to to some we've done before, but. I'm just thinking delicate. I'm thinking bundle. I'm thinking babies, right? They come in bundles. Mm-hmm. They can come bundled up. They are pretty delicate. But these, like, it's the new baby coming into the nursery and yeah. it's a, and trying to figure out the clicks in, you know, who who mm-hmm. they should join. Yes. Uh, which one is suitable? But there is, like, one day, you know, freshly- These are all freshly born babies who know nothing of the world. Yeah. So, I'm not sure what they've gathered on. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what they've formed these clicks around. Object permanence. <laughs> <laughs> One baby has says that they have object permanence. Like, they can the cl- remember. The clicks just like- keep changing because they don't have object permanence. And so, it's just like, oh, you, you're my friend. <laughs> no, I think we- <laughs> I mean, we can bring the object permanence into it, sure. Um, 
<laughs> like there are different game that really plays with object permanence in that like every time something goes off screen it doesn't exist anymore like literally it do doesn't it almost, exist you'd have so- to do it but you'd have to do it in a way that like the pl- the player couldn't know whether like do you know what i mean because you, you'd want to you'd like how would you make a game this is the other game how would you make a game that <laughs> made the player experience <laughs> the lack of object permanence what you do is you start off the game and it's like you walk into a room and there's a pile of money. Yeah. And you turn away and you come back and the money's gone. So, is it just that literally things- It's it's just- Object permanence is not- It's not just that things- That you don't remember things as they're gone, right? Because if you look back at it, you're seeing it fresh for the first time, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, do we just have to like- <laughs> procedurally generate everything. So like you see a person and you look away, you come back and we've, sh- we've changed them slightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think that it is, this is where you, you obviously know about objects and, and you, you remember the, the, ob- player, yes. the objects as yes. the player and all that sort of stuff. And I think your character remembers the objects, but when they leave a room and they come back and the room is totally different to where, how they left it, mm. like they're confused and, and, and they start realizing that if anything ever leaves their sight, it is gone forever and it is replaced by something else. I do. Okay. I do. And I think it's shifting a little way, a bit around away from what, True object permanence is, but that's fine because yeah, it's, no, it's, it's like <laughs> I do like the idea of some sort of mechanic where you have to decide what to focus on because you know that anything that leaves your field of vision is gone or will change or whatever. Like the only way you can guarantee that something is static, is permanent, is like unch- immutable, is by mm-hmm. looking at it and continuing to look at it, and it might move, it might get behind something, it might you know, run into something else. It might be moving alongside something else that you want to disappear, um, but you don't want that thing to disappear, you know. So, Mm -hmm. really, essentially having your aim and your vision be the gameplay mechanic for keeping certain things in existence. Yes. And that's why this is a perfect first-person shooter, because if you ever drop your gun out of your vision, it no longer (laughs) exists. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why and in, in all those very old video you games. grenade because <laughs> if you wanted to do anything it leaves the vision <laughs> yeah if you want to do don't even throw it too high <laughs> <laughs> hmm. you turn it round and the pin disappears from your vision and you turn it back and there's no pin <laughs> the there anymore it's like oh shit <laughs> well you would have to you would have to be careful in determining what exactly is an object uh, in that way yes because uh, people are objects. <laughs> you could do some really good sleight of hand if you're holding something in your hand and you just turn your hand around so you can't see it anymore and it's gone. Like, it's a good way of getting rid of things. <laughs> um, so, do, would you do a game like this that you're trying to do it from the perspective of a baby and come up with something like this? Or would you just, like, literally apply this weird object permanence thing to a completely different situation, like a military shooter mm-hmm. or whatever? Just to fuck with things. I kind of like the idea that you've actually gone through some sort of medical procedure. Okay. Or top secret experiment. And what's actually happening is you're, you're traversing dimensions. Hmm. Okay. So as you keep but an eye on something. On, but it's based on your focus that locks you into 
the dimension where that thing stays the same, or like it locks you into the dimension that thing exists in. Yeah, yeah. It's a very. But the I mean, second you look away, and 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 I mean a, a macro level of the like Heisenberg uncertainty, right? Like, um, or like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, of observing something being the only. Way or look at us getting constant. very cerebral. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of the pop science version of it, I think, because uh, really it only applies, obviously, down at the quantum level. But yes, that. It could be an interesting way to traverse places as well. Like, you know, if you're, if something's pulling you along, that you can continue in that direction as long as you're looking at it, but you look away and you like lose all your momentum and slow down. And now you're, I guess it depends how much you, you change the, the actual environment versus just the objects in it as well. But, um, hey, you, you, you see those spikes coming towards you, turn your head away and turn back. And hopefully it's being replaced by something a little bit less murdery. <laughs> Does that mean, it, like, can you just stand and look at a wall and you'll ne- like you'll never be hurt because there's essentially nothing existing behind you <laughs> like, while that happens? You're in the middle of a firefight and you just turn to face the wall. So the question is: is nothing behind you, or is everything behind you? Everything, everything that could everything ever. Else. Uh, everything that could ever hurt you yes. is behind you right now, as well as everything that could not hurt you. Yes, but you won't know. But nothing. But none of it can. You don't you know until you see it. what is there until you until you turn around. But at any stage, any one of those murderers or you know chicken with feathers and aliens and ghosts dinosaurs and, and dinosaurs and sharks, your with wife wings. with a with an apple pie. That's poisoned. Could, that's poisoned. Well, you didn't have to say that. That was that was the the secret into Act Two. Oh right. It's like oh, finally something behind me that's not going to kill me. <laughs> it's like no, in this dimension, you cheated on your wife and she's getting revenge. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> that one went off the rails. I do like the idea of trying to figure out the gameplay there, but holy moly. Uh, it, it's it's just frost from Cullen, culling the um the the video game frost from culling but <laughs> just in gameplay <laughs> it literally gets cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, joint rainbow inclusive linkage. Okay, rainbows that are linking together inclusive again. Just yes. All right. Uh, so you're smoking a joint. You see a double rainbow linked. Mm-hmm. This one's linked together, though. You're like, I have to f- figure out how that- I have to go to that spot with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I do like the idea of what happens when. I mean, whenever you see a double rainbow, it's usually above each other. What happens if a rainbow links in with another rainbow they and they that, touch? They call that docking. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> hey, Jeff, do you want to touch rainbows? No. <laughs> oh, God. It reminds me. It go, it, I go back a very long time to when we accidentally looked that up in Urban Dictionary. That was not a good thing to look up in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, you have to put in an entry for touching rainbows unless it's already in there. Oh, um, my God. Um, okay. So, what happens when rainbows get linked together? I mean, presumably the- Leprechauns? Magic multiplies in some way. Yes. Um, 
I mean, in this world, what are, what is the magic of rainbows? Is this like unicorn related? Is it leprechaun? Is it just light bending through water droplets to form? What happens if one type of rainbow is leprechaun and the other type of rainbow is unicorn? <laughs> I mean, they all both end in the same last syllable, technically. Like, like if you actually say it out loud. Yes. Leprechaun, unicorn, yes. Except they are spelt totally different. Yes, they are. But <laughs> in, at least in our accent, they could be, be interchanged just uh, by changing the early syllables. Um, I've got nothing for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Stunned toad. Sweating rectangle. <laughs> Sweating rectangle. Uh, geometry and toad. Toads. Where, wherever they intersect. Um, all right. Is this some sort of... I'm thinking a rectangle like a fighting arena of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, stunned obviously makes sense there too. Studying, swe- uh, sweating to some degree. If it's an active sort of martial art. Okay. Wind in the willows. Mm-hmm. Where Mr. Toad- Mr. Toad and his wild ride, yeah. Yes. Um, he happens to be like- A UFC fighter. UFC, boxing, either one. Like, it does, it mixed martial arts. I think yeah, UFC is in like an octagon, isn't it, or some shit. So, maybe it needs to be boxing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. okay, I don't know. All right, I'm pulling from my Wind of the Willows no- knowledge. Is there a badger? There's a badger, right? Yes. There's a, there there's a, a weasel or a stoat? Yes. I I don't care if we if we actually just, do win the we, we 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 just we take the anthropomorphic like toad, toad and he he decides that he wants to become a um you know a, a world a class boxer he wants to be a contender he wants to be a contender he wants to float like a butterfly sting like a bee sweat like a frog or a toad yeah mm-hmm. uh okay so this is sort of a rocky esque journey then yeah is this a toad in a human world. Like, everyone else is humans, but there's just one anthropomorphic toad. Yeah, see, I think he'd have a big advantage in that world. Because all he has to do is is just get up, you know, and launch himself into their mouth, towards their mouth, and rub all his hallucinogenic oh, I mean, I bullshit think, yeah, on, true. I was on their mouth. Human-sized. And, oh, human-sized toad. That'd, that'd be scary. Could you imagine, like- he he crouches down and launches up into into this into this guy, and because you know frogs and toads' legs are so damn powerful, mm-hmm. like you think about how how high the head jump, just like a yeah, and just launch out a crouching fist, like toad hidden weasel. Literally, when when he uppercutted and took that guy's head off, you know, now I can't. He was done. Well, now I'm just thinking battle toads with the big fist. <sighs> Okay, <laughs> do we make this a very traditional boxing, 3D boxing game? <laughs> Except you play a fucking toad, and you've got this, like, yeah, these moves where you, like, launch yourself at them. I don't know, is that le- Maybe it can't be boxing, because I feel like that wouldn't be legal in boxing. It feels like it needs to be, like, pro wrestling or something. Dodge, dodge, launch yourself up and uppercut. I, I know, I reckon there's no reason why you couldn't jump an uppercut at the moment. Like in boxing, in boxing, I don't think there's any rules to get yeah, about know. jumping, about jumping, about using your strong toad legs to propel yourself upwards into an uppercut. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sort of thinking, you know, you, this this boxer's, you know, done done all this sort of stuff and is, you know, sort of 
punching you and he's really tired. And he goes, take your best shot. And you, you crash down and uppercut his head off. And, you know, he's, he's, he's dead, but you won, the, you, you, you won the match. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen, um, Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan, that <laughs> actually happens in that film <laughs> where Jason I does did not expect uppercut that. someone's head. I did not expect that to be a movie <laughs> reference. <laughs> Especially to the eighth movie in a fucking horror <laughs> franchise. And especially to do with uppercutting someone's head off in a boxing match. That it technically wasn't a boxing match. Okay. It was just a it was a fight on the like top a of a building. Fight. And he gets his head knocked off and it falls into a garbage can. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's you'd a great, be aiming it's a great for. part of the it's a great part of the of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one click. Yeah, I better uh, get some good words, please. <laughs> this is, yeah. All right, here we go. Outraged Tower. Drunk Stem. Hmm. 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 Okay, I'm I'm seeing Tower, and I'm just wondering whether it's whether it's mystical, as in you know your tarot. Like, well, is this so? Stem stands for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Yeah. Maybe this is STEM with an extra M. Okay. Magic Science, is the- tel- technology, engineering, mathematics, and magic. Yes. Mathematics. Mathematics, yep. Um, and so this is essentially a technology firm, this tower, uh-huh. dabbling in yeah, in the magics, in the occult. In, in, in the second M, yeah. The what? The second M. The <laughs> yes, mathematics. Sorry, yes, in the second M. Uh, yes. Mathematics and mathematics, yeah. And someone- is drunk at the, you know, after work drinks and That's just sets the CEO for you. something free. Just 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 the CEO. He's always drunk. Yeah, I mean he's seen some things. Yes. He he they did accidentally open that, that portal to the demon plane that time. Yes. Um it, he was outraged. He he was outraged when that happened. Yeah. Because they opened was, it in his office. Yeah, it was just one word wrong in the incantation. But, like, this is why we have change management. Mm. These things need to be- Documented. Documented. And, t- and executed tested, properly. Executed correctly. I do like the idea <laughs> of a very <laughs> traditional, like, software company, sort of technology company with all their processes and stuff. <laughs> Dealing it's boring. With- like, for most people, this job sucks. But they're working with magical forces every day. Yeah. And harnessing them through- Process. And and what what intrigues me is the fact that mathematics, like mm-hmm. you know that they they worked out at some stage that mathematics, if you changed it just slightly, it could actually tap into the magical forces. Yeah. Just all they needed to do was change the T to a G. That was it. Mm. Yeah. I in fact you're right. I it's just the T to the G. It's like, just a typo. <laughs> and it it just worked. Yeah. Like, okay, I mean, so what if we power. go, instead of, you know, using tau, we use whatever M is in the Greek alphabet. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I started talking before I realised. <laughs> before you knew where- Yeah, you started talking before you knew where the sentence was going. Uh, that's all right. That's good improv. Just got away from me. So, okay. Who do you- uh, Who- Are you running this company in some way? Do you play- an employee. I think I think you're like a, lowly, a lowly employee. So 
not necessarily new hire. You've been here for a little while, but your job is still just to go in and, and Maybe do- Maybe just been promoted to like the first level of manager. Okay. Or something like that. Just so you've got your, your character has a little bit of experience in there. Mm-hmm. They've dealt with some low level magics. Uh, but they ha- this is the first time they've really been given responsibility for a whole project and they have, you know, team members below them expect that they're expected to manage and, uh, and keep safe, right? <laughs> Follow the processes. Follow those processes. Don't, don't allow another, another portal to be opened. Don't outside allow, of the, don't allow outside another, of the lab. Don't, yeah, exactly. Don't, we don't want another. You know, Project 36B, because that was just an unmitigated disaster and it took us a long time to build- and a lot of soap. To rebuild the labs. And a lot of soap. Getting all that blood out of the, out yeah, of the CEO's the cleaners, office. We had to hire- like, We had to pay them extra that week. You know they found an ankle. An ankle. Not. It's not attached to anything, just an no, ankle. Just the ankle. It, yeah. It was- It's like magically seared off on both sides and just left Mm. an ankle. It took them a long time to even figure out what it it actually was. Like, have you ever seen just an ankle? Like, it's usually you need context clues. Yes. It just looked like like a knobbly bit. Yeah. With with a bit of flesh stuck in between. Yeah. Weird. And that sphere on floor 53, that was like, that was just crazy. It was the bad sphere. They're all bad bad spheres. No, no. Even the. What are the good sphere do again? Well, they're try- there's that good sphere that they're trying to keep live because, like, anything you throw through it comes out the other side as gold. Yes. But it has caused some- pro- I mean, there is some bad to it, like you said. Really, there's no Henry, good Henry spheres. decided to to jump through it, and now we've got a gold statue <sighs> of Henry in the in the foyer. Yeah, and it's, it's a shame that he was feeling that he really needed a raise and he just didn't get one. And that that was the only way he could rate, he could get the money that he needed for his family. Uh, but, but they you didn't, know, give, him, but they didn't give him any money. <laughs> well, there was a settlement, I think. Uh, but it, we did get to keep the statue in the settlement for, you know, mm. because uh, technically the NDA he signed involves physical manifestations of mathematics and he became one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So there's something about the tower. That is actually powering all this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they get the mathematics wrong when they were first building the tower? And that's actually what what focused the energies into the mathematics. Uh, yes, it's the tower is built on the convergence of many ley lines. Mm. Um, also, some kneel lines and a couple of standing lines. So that's a lot of lines. Yeah, I don't think there's anywhere else like it in the world, but it just happens to be. On the corner of Maine and, you know, Stanford, Stanford Street. So now you know Maine and Stanford. I mean, that's that's like that's that classic location in that town. <laughs> this Let's town, go one yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Let's go one more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stretch underestimate. Grim initialization. <laughs> really have bad words tonight. Uh, okay. So, I mean, underestimating how much something can stretch is kind of fun. Or just <laughs> estimating in general. Like, some sort of stretch physics. Um, oh, 100%. What has to happen as you're going, as you're stretching, mm. like, it's that whole thing of the sound that keeps on going up and never mm. quite reaches that crescendo. Yeah. Okay. So, you never know when it's you never know when quite it's gonna going to pop. You can't, yeah, you can't, like, go based on the time. Um 
And then a grim initialization. So is this like the your entrance, your initial like hazing thing or your initialization into some sort of society? Mm. The Society of Stretch Armstrongs. Yeah, the Stretch Institute. The Stretch Institute. Yeah. Their whole goal is just to to figure out to to expand the limits of human stretching. Yes. Just to reach things that ooh, are, that uh, are like further away. I, I've 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 just got this grim vision mm-hmm. of well description uh, grim vision of you walk into this room and these people they go okay get ready to stretch and limber up and they just they start stretching up and their arms, their arms just keep just going keep- and going and oh, going and hit the ceiling and then their legs are like all misshapen and all as they're doing like, like these very standard stretches yeah and it's and it's like what the f- Fuck. <laughs> I like that. Like the one where you like bend your knee and put your foot up behind you, except they pull it up and just like pull it over the top of their head and all the way, like it just. <laughs> all the way, all the way down to the ground again. Just wrap it around themselves. They're like tying themselves in knots. Mm. <laughs> What's the game? I can think of some, like we could come up with some game mechanics really involving stretching. That could be interesting, especially if there are limits then that you need to mm-hmm. estimate. Um like and having sort of slingshot kind of abilities, and you know, just being able to reach things that are far away. Do you ever play that game, Flogs? No. You play a two-headed dog. It's a two-player thing, mm-hmm. and they can just ex- they can extend to a certain degree. It's this weird physics-based thing. They just become this long sausage. They've got a dog head at each end. But a lot of the the gameplay is that in that is about like. This dog latches onto something, and then the other dog has can go and like latch onto something else, and then that one can like you can kind of work your way up in that way. So I don't know if there's anything there around stretch mechanics <laughs> of of kind of yeah that sentence finished. Um, <laughs> okay, I I reckon we've got to go one more because that was shit. You yes, can't end on that. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Crude replacement. Unconvincing fork. <laughs> <laughs> that works so well together. It does work well together. <laughs> so your fork has been replaced with a crude, unconvincing facsimile. Yeah. Um, it, it's a Banjo-Kazooie-like game in which your your like sidekick is a, is a crude replacement for a fork. Okay. Do you have a regular friend who is an actual fork and this is like, you're trying to figure no, out- No, the weird thing is the fact that this fork talks to you. Okay. That's that's how you could tell that it was unconvincing. <laughs> it's very unconvincing. It has a face and a voice. It has a face and it talks. Well, instead it was of unconvincing, it's a metal- thing, Could this be a very realistic world with a okay. talking fork in it? Yes. And and essentially you you go around this world carrying- the talking fork. I'm always feeling VR again, just because like having your little fork character in your hand at all times as a sort well, of. Well, as we know, ray tracing can now work in VR because you you told me about that game like two weeks ago. That, that- right, that is canon. Um, yes. Do we? Are you just saying that this could be a very well reflected, reflective fork? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Does that have any gameplay implications? Or it just looks yes, nice? because because it's hyper realistic. Like yeah. all all the actors in it, you know, they were made by that um unreal metahuman thing. Sure. So they look realistic. 
Yeah, so we've got very, very hyper-realistic game. So is this just With a not hyper-realistic to- fork. Like, it's is got it- great reflections, but that's it's very the only thing. It's actually. It's like, it's very animated in your hand. So is this you just trying to get through normal situations as if as this fork, like, commentates and tries to disrupt things? Are they And are they fork-based situations? Like, is it like just eating a meal, but- the fork complains every time you shove it into something because, like, it's suffocating. It's like, get me out of these mashed potatoes mm. because I can't breathe. Get me out of your mouth because get me out of your I mouth. still can't breathe. Yeah, because it's disgusting. When was the last time you brushed your teeth, you filthy bastard? Your tongue doesn't taste very nice. <laughs> Have you ever tasted your own tongue? You should. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> um... This unconvincing fork is from outer space. I mean, where else would a talking fork come from? Um, sure. So, you're trying to, like, get it home. The sewer. <laughs> I said hell oh. or the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, was it in this case, they came from- ooze that- They created the turtles, yep. Yeah. Also, also mutated this fork. Yes. No, I like the idea of it being some sort of alien being, and maybe you, you, you're trying to get it home inconspicuously. In some way. So, it just needs to get on the next spaceship out of here. Or the next rocket out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any anything. As long as it can get outside of the Earth's atmosphere. It's kind of like a reverse Superman situation. The Earth's sun, the Earth's the radiation from the yellow sun- Is gradually turning it into a normal fork. Into a fork. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually nothing, or not much like a fork. It is vaguely fork-shaped organism when it's outside of the Earth's, Earth's uh, radiation, but- it's been here. I for mean, a it's few got weeks. tines. It's got it's got the tines. Yeah, but they're sort of actually. Know. It's hair. It's just it does have f- like four spikes of hair. I do. <laughs> I do like the idea of eventually the reveal. I mean, I don't think you're going to space with it, so maybe you just get a FaceTime. <laughs> and there's this yeah, because you gave it an Apple product. <laughs> there's this vaguely fog-looking alien going, "Hey, man, thanks. I got out of there. I did have to kill three astronauts." Sorry. My bad. <laughs> I left I left most of them on the ISS, though, so you should be okay. Um, I did accidentally conjure a sphere, and one of them is gold. <laughs> yes, yes. You might want but to- trust me. You might want to go and visit the corner of Maine and Stanford and just, just let them know that there is a rogue sphere uh, in orbit. Mm. They should deal with that. Cool. Well- <laughs> That's the end of tonight's episode. Tonight's, I, I'm not sure you can even call it an episode, honestly. Uh, whatever tonight was. Uh, because we got some weird fucking words and made some weird fucking games. Anyway, and if you'd like to are. see, if you'd like to listen to some of our other episodes, uh, then go to podchaser.com slash pitstorm. Check them out. Leave us a review. Even if it's a bad one, honestly, like, just tell us what you thought. If you thought that an episode was horse shit, just comment that. We'd like to hear it. Also, if you like the song that we play at the start and end of each episode, which if ever we go live, we are going to have to play, I've just realized. Mm-hmm. Which is, that'll be something to add into the stream deck. Okay. Um, if you like the song that we start and finish with every single week, that is a map defiance of the album containment failure by the band Crudust. That's right. Thank you again for joining us. This week on Bitstorm, I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And uh, want to see how far I can stretch, Trevor? 
No. Oh, oh put it away. Put it away. Oh, oh, Touch no. my rainbow. No. Oh, 